foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. And today, Janie, I want to dig a little deeper into this talk of depression. And the Bible reveals a pattern of depression Mm -hmm. when we respond wrongly to life events that happen to us. It could even be trials and tribulations that we go through. Then we spiral down into this victim mentality. And so, you know, let's look at Psalm 73. Okay. Why don't we go there and just see how the pattern develops? Because you can really see the pattern from just reading through Psalm 73. Asaph, who was the writer of this psalm, was a Levite, and he was also a poet, and he was musical. Okay. So you can think about singing Psalm 73. (laughs) But he really gets upset because he looks at people around him. Oh, comparison. Yes. He's comparing himself to others. Uh, Yes. And and he even says in verse 13, he says, I've cleansed my heart in vain because I've been plagued all day long and chastened every morning. He is overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But yet the people around him were flourishing and prosperous, didn't see any heartache. And they have set their mouth against heaven and their tongues walk through the earth. In other words, they're looking at everything good that is benefiting them in the temporal. And their eyes bulge with abundance. Mm -hmm. And they have more than the heart could even wish for. Yeah. And here is the priest saying, but I feel like a victim. Uh Uh-huh. I've done things right according to my calling, according to the job you've given me. And... Finally, he says, when I thought how to understand all of this victimization, I had to change my focus. Mm -hmm. I had to change my circumstances. I had to change my way of thinking. So right in the middle of this prayer, he like shifts gears. So Sharon, where does he go to change his way of thinking and the agony that he's in? Well, it says in verse 17, he says that he went into the sanctuary of God. And then when he got into that sanctuary, which would be like the the temple or the dwelling place of God, and then when he meditated on the sanctuary where God would abide, what was his conclusion? Oh, his heart was grieved at seeing the destruction without God. That's right. That and would come then up when he went in, he understood the enemy's end. Yeah. And you know, in today's society, a lot of the hope that is kept alive by the church is that we know how the last story is right. written. Yeah. And that keeps us from going under to feeling in despair, feeling alone, feeling abandoned by God. Right. Forsaken. 
And yet, if we don't keep our eyes focused there, then sharing loneliness, depression, can become as great for us as what someone who doesn't even know God. Right. But for the person who doesn't know God, they may be needing to seek him to get to know him, whereas we need to be confessing that we know him and we're not appropriating everything he has given us. So we need to respond biblically. And when we respond biblically, then we can be a testimony to others on how to respond. That's right. And, and here's some things that we can consider when we are waiting on the presence of God. When he says, God Almighty, you've set them in slippery slopes. You have cast them down to destruction. And oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. Now, Sharon, we want that to happen as soon as we read it. (laughs) As we want an instant particular lunch at a fast food chain, we translate that desire into wanting something instant in God's eternal game plan. Things can happen instantly because he says that they're brought low in a moment. Mm -hmm. But then, Sharon, sometimes it's a process so that we learn endurance. Yes. So that we learn some of the traits that we have been called to. And, And the reason we get depressed over that is because we are denying what God has said from mm-hmm. eternity when he says, I have promised never, no, never, no, never to leave you. In the original text, he repeats that three times emphatically, just not a once over. Hey, I'll never I'll never walk away from you. He gives them the assurance that he never, never will leave those that are his. So we are questioning God and we doubt him and and therefore we we don't trust him. Now, you've brought out a really good point that we probably need to clarify when we question God. If we question with the character of an attitude of, well, I thought you said such and such, and now you're not doing it, and we've got our own pride and arrogance in our questioning, Mm -hmm. that's wrong. Okay. But if we go, Father God, I am overwhelmed. I'm seeking to understand, and I need to question what needs to be done in these impossible situations that have led me into perplexity. Mm, that I questioning yes. is not offensive to God Almighty. Okay. It has to do with the character. Okay. So we're looking for God to guide us in the situation with that kind of questioning versus questioning his goodness and who he is, yes. his trustworthiness. And one of the ways that we can differentiate that, Sharon, is the fact that the Lord has told us that in everything give thanks okay for this is god's will for you in christ jesus that's first thessalonians five eighteen. so we can say lord i'm overwhelmed i'm perplexed but if we go ahead and say lord i i trust you in my perplexity and i give thanks because you have said you doeth all things well and you've commanded us to give him thanks in all things And so that brings up another word that you and I have talked about a lot. That means that we do that by faith. Yeah. 
We don't have to understand, but by faith we go ahead and trust because it says it's impossible for us to please God without faith. Thank you. Yes, yes. So as we understand the pattern of how depression comes, so if we see some characteristics that are enlightening our heart that we are going into depression, then we can go back and say, okay, Lord, I've responded wrong in this situation. And, you know, Sharon, we probably need to invoke a statement here, and that is that we need to trust in the absolutes of what God has said. I find a lot of why people are wavering today is because they are comparing Mm -hmm. one preacher in his interpretation against one college in his interpretation, or we read different books. And, you know, there are some issues that the Lord has allowed both sides to have weight and truth. And some of them, one that I just bring up is how to live under grace and not to live under law. Uh But then the law is good. Uh And do we understand the purpose of the law? And do we really understand what it means to grow in grace and knowledge? And some of those issues are given all the pieces of the puzzle But they're not necessarily completed and formed as a completed puzzle. So then we get to walk by faith, but we need to ask the Lord with a pure heart to keep us to his absolutes. Okay. And then part of that's our responsibility by not going out and trying to listen to everybody that's got something to say and then trying to get man's opinion. The students of the word. Yes. And man's opinions will never have all the absolutes. But God and his faithfulness will as we become the students. And you're right if you don't. You know, and we spent 25 years giving our kids an education. (laughs) Math, science, reading. And then if we can just get them to church for an hour, 52 weeks out of the year, we think we've done our job. Oh, ouch. Yeah. I feel spanked. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Be encouraged, because one of the things that in the course that we're talking about today on learning not to be victimized by our circumstance, we learn how to endure in the negative circumstances, and they may come. Mm -hmm. So endurance can cause us to be able to be overcomers of self-pity and having to have the esteem for ourselves. Well, and that's why James 1, verse 2 through 4 says to... (laughs) to to joy in your tribulation. And so that we don't think that it just is all coming to us in one full basket, it tells us the various trials. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, Sharon, I get a handle on one trial and I'm praising the Lord and boy, I get whacked before I can get up off my knees praising the Lord for the victory. I get a phone call and going, oh, I think I'm going down again. Here we go again. Here we are, because it's various trials. Yeah. Because the day will come when the Lord stands and has a head-to-head discussion with Satan. And everything that evil could ever, ever expose in any of us must be exposed. So Satan has no ground to say, well, God, if you had allowed this and this and this, then they would have worshipped me. They would have denied you. Everything will be fully exposed. And that's what we're going through now, Sharon. The fulling exposure of evil. The greatest perspective of mind change and thought change that has ever helped me in my Christian walk is understanding that things that I go through now 
is preparing me for all of eternity. And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.